Well, I'll just tell you a little bit about me. Or very little, you know? I was introduced to this idea that I'm going to hopefully crudely attempt to share tonight. I was introduced to it, uh, I don't know how long ago, maybe 99, no, 97, 96, 97. And um, I had read some books, you know, and so I went to see a lady speak about it. I didn't know what she was going to speak about, I went to see her, and while she was sharing, something happened. And I shared, I raised my hand, I wanted to share, and I said, you know, just by listening, this, this what happened just by sitting here, was I was thinking that I was experiencing all these mental states, yeah? That I, Paul, was seeing these mental states that weren't, I hadn't been seeing before, and because I wasn't seeing them, they had a huge influence on me. So I had some hope that, hey, this is going to get better, because now I'm seeing the activity that binds, let's say, me. But by hearing her, I realized what was seeing the mental states was a mental state also. The idea of being Paul. That was a big leap, yeah? Because then, here I am, and so you think you're this, or whatever you think, you know, or don't think, there's a feeling that you're something. And I'm looking at things, my experiences, and mental activity and emotional states, and vague senses of well-being or irritability, you know, things you can't really put your finger on, but you feel them, right? Chronic conditions that you don't see. So and then, and then I was listening to this lady, and the thing opened up a little bit, like a ca- like an aperture on a camera. Yeah, I could see more, but while it was opening up, it wasn't like it opened up like this. It opened up like this. Yeah, I saw more of me that I had never seen before. Yeah, I saw the feeling of me on the other side of the camera, not always being assumed to be over here, seeing everything else, but I actually saw that activity. Yeah. Now that was a pretty big leap. My mind opened up, and then what I noticed is, I got a curious feeling to want to find out more about this, and I just started running into talks, which I never knew before yet. Heard about people I had never heard before. And I just followed the, like, the tea leaves, so I followed the little crumbs, and I went to some meetings, I listened, and what occurred was, after a period of time, I realized I was traveling a lot lighter through my life than I had been before I started hearing this message. And before I had heard, heard other messages, I had, it seemed like I had to travel to India, you know, go to three-week retreats and eat lousy food and, you know, meditate for 14 hours a day, take vows, you know, purify myself, do fruit and juice, you know, fasts. And this was just a simple idea that someone dropped on me, which is, hey, you may not be that. You may be that, not, you may not be that which thinks came to this meeting. You may not be that that's looking for another meditation technique. You may not be that. I'm not saying you are, you're not, you just may not be. And you may find that when that shakes up, that all your other assumptions shake up. Yeah? And you realize how the world looks to you is more based on you than any world. Yeah? How the world looks to us is more based on us than the world. Yeah? And I found, uh, I just entertained it for a while. Yeah? And it was like putting gas in a, in a, in a stalled car. I didn't keep dumping gas. I heard it, and then I went around, and I lived, and I entertained what I'd been hearing, and it got digested in a way, and it started to be applicable, 
not in certain settings like retreats and, you know, an idyllic weekend up at Mount Shasta, but let's say Tuesday afternoon in Marin City or something, yeah? It started to have application where the rubber meets the road, like in every situation I'm in, every day, yeah? And it didn't, after a while, I gave up that magical thinking that everything was going to change, but what happens is the geography of my life may stay the same. You know, I may get ill, I may get fired, I may never get married, I may, all these things may or may not happen, but I will travel lighter over the geography of my life on a consistent basis. Now, the mind doesn't entertain, can't really pick up how valuable something that's always there is. It has a difficult time. It usually recognizes value by something coming and going and increasing and decreasing, yes? But something that doesn't have any qualities of coming and going, increasing and decreasing, it's just always available at all times, always available at all times, with no requirement necessary. The conditional mind doesn't see any value in that, to tell you the truth. So it can't recognize nothing, so it makes it something. Yeah. Once it makes it something, it gets the hit of recognition, but that ain't nothing. Yeah. So you can't get this message. You can't have it. You're, if a lot of people get stuck in, they're, they're waiting to get it. They're waiting around to get the message. That is, that's the, the booby prize. Yeah. You can't, I can't, my mind can't embrace this message because it was before my mind. It was here prior to me showing up with a sense of being me. So it's not, I'm not the alpha, and this is not the next Greek letter called beta. I'm not going to know beta from the alpha point of view. This is the alpha and the omega. The whole Greek alphabet is held by this. Yeah? It's the context. It's sort of like gravity. If you go into a cafe today, I bet you didn't hear one person complaining about the effects of gravity. Not one. You probably never heard one person ever complain about the effects of gravity. Yet, in our body condition, we're being affected constantly by gravity. And because it's a constant effect, we have no idea of it. Yes? Because of its constancy, there's no idea of it. It's so ever-present, it doesn't seem to be present whatsoever. We only know it by its absence. So if we go into an anti-gravity tank, then we know, wow, By the absence of gravity, I get to know what gravity is. But I never know what gravity is when all there is is the gravity. Yeah? So in this space of mind, that availability, that constancy cannot be experienced. It can influence all your experiences here, but you're never going to have an experience of it. You're never going to know the truth, because it's the truth knowing everything else right now. Yeah? So a lot of people that I've met, and myself included, still thought that this, I'm going to know the truth, yeah? I'm going to find the truth somewhere, let's say at Fifth and Mission, and I'm going to buy the truth, and I'm going to, now it's mine, and this truth's going to be a, give me a great advantage over all of you, basically. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll be detached, and I'll be able to... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm going to, instead of, so this idea of knowing the truth... There's a great master, he's passed away, but his name was Ramana Maharshi in India, and he said, to know God is to be God. And to know this message is to be the message. You're not a knower of the message. That's what you may be attempting to become by reading a lot, yeah? You want to become a knower of the message. But that's what, that's the only way the conditional mind can grok it or 
or understand it, is I'm going to know this thing as if it's a topic or a subject or an experience, yeah? Maybe it's very, I've never been able to capture it, but now I have it. I'm going to know the truth by reading about it, yeah? But you're not going to know it by reading about it, yeah? Because you're not going to know it by not reading about it. Because you're not, it's not offered to be known, yeah? It's all knowing. It's not, you know, once in a time known. It's all knowing. It's not of the way your mind is. The way we think and the way we embrace life and the way how we think it is, this does not fit into that logic. It really doesn't. That's why they talk, talk about it in a lot of old uh, spiritual terms like the open secret. Because how could there be a secret if it was open? Yeah, exactly. Well, the gateless gate. What are you going to do with a gateless gate? Are you going to pay a toll to get through a gateless gate? No. Where is the gate going to lead to? It's gateless. It's not leading anywhere. That's the point. This message is so obvious, we don't have the eyes to pick it up. At least I didn't. And I was meditating my you know, balls off for a while there. Fuck. <laughs> Living in little cooties in north of Chiang Mai, Thailand, and meditating 13 hours a day. Having a, a soup at 10.30 in the morning, and that was it. I lost like 20 pounds in 21 days. I was fucking dying there, thinking I was a very noble endeavor. I was fucking dying. I had no protein or anything like that. But I was having tons of spiritual experiences. As soon as I took the, just the tuk-tuk back to town, just the experience started washing off of me like last night's uh, cosmetics. You know? It was just like, what? I just spent three weeks. It's all dissipated. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> just like a drug. You know, I'd shoot a drug for 10 minutes and then I'd pay the consequences for like a three-month stint at, you know, fucking county jail in Santa Cruz. <laughs> I say, what's the payoff cost ratio is off here? I'm getting a 10-minute rush and I'm paying three months of my time for it. Yeah? <laughs> I applied the same thing with spirituality. I'm going to work my balls off to have some kind of understanding. <laughs> but the understanding doesn't show up when you most need it, does it? In your personal relationships, when shit hits the fan, the understanding doesn't serve you in a sense. Yeah? What's the point of the understanding? The understanding is like a bridge to somewhere. You can't move onto the bridge. There's too much traffic there. Yeah? It's a bridge to somewhere. You have an understanding when you're not established in that position or in that state or in that idea. Once you get established there, you don't need the understanding anymore. It's not, it's actually, it does you a disservice in a way to hold on to an understanding when you have a sense of the livingness of it, yeah? The livingness of it is much more econom, uh, economized, much more pared down, much more flexible, and there's absolutely, you don't need like a Swiss army knife, you don't need a little trick, you don't need a little affirmation. The great news is you absolutely need nothing, and that's the most valuable thing of all. Your own inherent state of mind, which is awareness, is more than enough to rest on. But, see, that's where the mind starts. But, what will I do when I get to, on Tuesday, when I go back to work? Your mind's going to get aggravated. But that's an aspect of mind. That's not mind. It's a mental condition that gets aggravated. And therefore it seeks relief, but it seeks relief ignorantly. Because every time it gets relief, it just produces another moment of ag agitation when the relief leaves, yeah? It's another form of slavery. But it, because based on its ignorance, it's looking outside. When the fact is, the point is, is to look back. You know, who am I? 
Who is it that feels like he's fucked? Instead of going into great detail describing how fucked you are, ask who the hell is fucked. If it ain't you, you may lose interest in the story about how fucked you are. Yeah, And then you'll see that thing that seemed to be unmovable just dissipates. As soon as your energy is disconnected from it, it doesn't seem to have much life. Then you start getting the real inside information. Hey, I've got a lot to do with this place. Yeah. I'm like, in the, I'm the dreaming of this place. This isn't happening to me. I'm in cahoots with the whole place. Without me, there wouldn't be anything going on. Yeah. So then you start seeing life is happening instead of life is happening to you. Then you start dying to the self instead of dying as a self. Yeah. And how do you die to the self? You don't kill it. You don't vanquish it. You just lose interest in it. And why do you lose interest in it? Because it's not you. Yeah? All that pointing up there, all the assumption that you were once someone and you're you're never you're not able to be loved, therefore you never will be loved, and all this activity of mind going on, it's all pointing to a phantom you. What makes the leap to believe that is you. All the pointing cannot make it so. All the pointing just the 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 conditional mind makes the leap. Thinking, thinking, thinking. There must be a thinker. There's the leap of being the doer. Feeling, feeling. A feeler. Hearing, hearing. A hearer. You know? Actions, actions. A doer. Problems, my problem. Money, my money. It makes the leap. Yeah? Everything is just... The, the most it can do is point. It can't make it so. How we, and we can't actually, we can make it appear so, we can't make it so, but the mind makes the leap, takes all the information, yeah, all the pointing, and makes the leap that I'm the one that's being pointed at. I'm the doer of this. I'm the thinker of this. Yeah? This is how, this is my understanding. That's the, that's the, the active bondage of self. It's not like I was bonded to an idea of being a long-lasting independent separate entity 20 years ago. It's an activity of mind that's reapplying the glue to the be- to bond the mind to the idea of being a self. That's what it's doing all day. And the big, what keeps us susceptible to that glue, what, keep, what makes us a, a ready, like, surface is the idea that I am that, yeah? The glue applies, and then there's a feeling, I'm the one who's glued, yeah? That's the bondage of self. I had a little bit of it when I was using drugs, and it was what caused me to go insane, basically. 
I'd be up on a 10-day run and I could see this construction of my mind, but I didn't have the key of freedom from it that, that I'm not that. Yeah? Now I have that key and then the same exact condition produces a sense of enrichment instead of a bondage. Yeah? I see it now and I see it with a clear take that I'm not that and therefore I'm what I am, cleanly, you know? And it, it translates into having a nice day today. <laughs> and day after day, it seems to translate the same way. And after a while, you realize you didn't want enlightenment or liberation. You just wanted to feel an ease and comfort in your own condition right now, basically. These noble pursuits of like everlasting transcendence, I bet you if you just felt satisfied, those things would be mute. They would just stop, Yeah. You'd be more than happy to be here because you're inherently not here. Yeah? You wouldn't be struggling to get out of here because you would realize you were never in here. Yeah? That one ace that you wish you had in your deck, you'll see you have five of them there. Yeah? I'm not this. So that's the value yeah? to me. Ever, applicable every day. To be located, at least in the vicinity of where you seem to be appearing, is an incredible uh, upgrade in the experience here, yeah? If you could just have the ability to recognize what's not happening, yeah, being spewed up here, you know, from K-Paul, the propagation, (coughs) the propaganda station up there, of the thoughts going and producing all these states of what's not happening, what's going not to happen, and what was never happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? And all the things going there, and your inability to call off your, the dogs of your interest and attention, and so you're like enslaved to watching the mind roam into this realm of the past and the future, and rummage around inane possibilities, and then speculate unbelievable things that could occur to you next week, yeah? And yet, you're, so, you're almost glued to that screen. You can't seem to leave the porno theater yeah, while you're getting fucked, basically. You can't seem to leave it. Why is that? Why can't you leave it? Because, you know why? Because the thoughts that are about that thing, it's, a, it's about the idea of you being in the future, and it's the idea of you being in the past. If someone came up to me and started talking about they're being driven crazy about thoughts about next week. I don't care how close they were next to me, it wouldn't leap onto me. I have a built-in immunity to their suffering because I don't see it as mine. Yeah. Now, what would happen if you would see your suffering as not yours? It would be the same fucking result. You'd lose interest in it. And if you lose interest in it, if you lose interest in all the preoccupation with what's not happening, where do you please, just, where do you, just... Where do you think your interest and attention would be? Just guess. Where else could it be? If, it, if it's not in what's not happening, I, I imagine it's going to be in what's happening. Yeah? And then that interest and attention that is draining you out of your freaking life, you know, worrying about next week and rummaging and reminiscing about a week ago, that same interest and attention will enrich your life because it will be present now you know, being engaged with what's happening. Yeah. With the with consciousness engaging in this whole whatever this thing is, through the gates of seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, you'll be conscious of that activity. You'll be awake, so to speak. Yeah. And that's the value of it. It's not like I'm getting spiritual points 
and I'm going to be seen as a noble person, I just have a sense of contentment I never had before. Yeah? I have an overriding easing comfort instead of an overrising or a nagging or a chronic irritability, restlessness, and discontent. What was the norm is not the norm anymore. What was very infrequent has become the stability. What I would seek for through experiences to have a little taste of that, I now can rest there because I see it's way beyond an experience. It's more more of a stateless state. It's always available at all times. So where's the rush? You know? You don't have to go in there with a big hefty bag and try to get as much as you can because it keeps it keeps being available at all times, no matter what's going on. Holy cow! I think you're in the wrong meeting, bro. That's right. That's for sure. Yes. Is this a questions time? No, but you can ask. No, go, I will want you to hold it till later, right? Yeah, yeah. No answer. Ask it now. Go ahead. Give it a shot. <clears throat> well, I was wondering, like, how would this compare to, like, like when you're meditating and you're sitting there and you're allowing thoughts to go through your head and you're having no attachment to them, where that's your goal, so just let them pass through and not be moved too much by them? How, because that's what I know of meditation, that's what I'm trying to cultivate, but... How would that work with that or relate to that? Are they similar or I would say this is more of a, a backdrop, yeah, like a, the screen where maybe, and on that screen, the event of meditation could appear and then stop, but the screen's always there. So in a, more you get a sense of being meditated instead of meditating, yeah? In other words, you sense what you're trying to focus without trying to focus it. You're just sensing that awareness. So when the thoughts come up, the, what gets the emphasis is the awareness of the thought, not the thought. Yeah? There's the seeing of the thought, but the, what's seeing it is more emphasized than the thought. Yeah? And so therefore, the context of every day is that seeing, or that awareness, or the consciousness, Yes? And then the content of the day are all the mental states and emotional states and physical states and thought mental states that arise, yes? And all the events and situations that arise. But they only are, they are only noted or are able to have contact with because of the context, which is the consciousness or the awareness, yeah? So there's more of a sense of the, the context. It's like in AA they say you'll sense the presence of the higher power. That's sort of like the context, Yeah? You'll sense the presence of what you could call a higher power, which is that it's always available at all times. You now start sensing that presence, and it's not dictated by the circumstances or situations. It doesn't have to be at a temple, though it may happen at a temple, because it's happening at all times. And this presence is the absence of self? Hmm. Well, that that would sort of lend uh, meaning to the absence of self. Let's say it's just the presence. But it's it, the presence doesn't seem to be available when there's a presence of self. Yeah? So when the self is seen as not to be truly present, you call that the absence, and that's the presence. Yeah. But the absence is inherent. There has never been a presence of self. Yeah? 
So that's why the solution is always available at all times, because in a sense, the problem is imaginary. The, sense, the, the presence of self is a mental construction, you know, called selfing. Yeah? When you were a baby, they, they, through the research, they basically say that uh, there's no sense of self in a baby until about 18 months, let's say. It starts growing around that area. It usually coincides with the language center firing. So you can see how the sense of self is reinforced by the language, you know, the thoughts are held in by... They're, they're configured in language in our heads, yes? So that's what that's like the glue that keeps that's being applied to keep that sense of, of, of bondage to the idea of being a ball, you know, long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Yes. So that selfing is just an appearance. It can never become so. It can only appear to be. But it has to be remembered quite all the time because it's not so. So the only way it can take the place of being of take the place of what actually is so, is that is to be remembered. And the remembering needs to be more emphasized than what's actually so, yeah? So what's actually so, let's say, is that sense of presence. And if you're obsessed with self, the amplification of that mental condition will, will cause it or make it seem like the presence is absence. You won't feel like, where is God? I don't sense anything. Oh, I'm in my own little head, right? Yeah? So that activity, in a sense, can, can play the role of a veil, but in fact it can't block it out. It can only appear to be. So when you're really obsessed with self, it always seems like there's no sense of presence. And then your greatest moments is when there's an absence of self, isn't it? Like if you're surfing or something, there's sex, or you have an epiphany. Basically, the sense of self got diminished at that point, and then you had a there was whatever that is, and usually it comes to an end when the mental process regroups and goes, I had this incredible experience. Yeah? So the mental process doesn't have a life, it claims one. Yeah, that's what it does. And for it to keep claiming it, it remembers you. Yeah? <laughs> and if you really up the ass of self, remembering you all day, the presence will seem to be absent. Yeah? And then what will you be doing? Looking for its substitute or its... Whatever, yeah. It's like St. Francis says, what's looking is what you're looking for. If you and I got that, what, how, how we're looking for would change dramatically. <laughs> if you really got what's looking, which is actually right now, is what you are looking for, your drive to look for what's looking would change dramatically because you would realize it's what's looking. I'm what I've been looking for. (laughs) But not as a self, yes? That's the trouble. That's why we can't get it because we think, why would, why, I've been trying to get out of this all my life. I'm not looking for that. I'm trying to get out of it. But the fact is, what's looking isn't the self. Yeah? What's looking is what we are and it's not self. (laughs) <laughs> so, in a sense, what's looking is what you and me and you and I are looking for. And so we're not trying to ch- change the way you're looking for things, we're just questioning what's looking. If it ain't you, there you go. That's what you're looking for. <laughs> you see? It's a little trick, but it works really well. I mean, it works really well, because it doesn't have an opposite. 
So let's say if if someone tells you about the truth and makes it sound really great, you know, and and then you entertain it, but you entertain it as you, as Paul, yeah? So now Paul is entertaining the truth. That's a big problem, yeah? Because the thing is, is to question Paul. If Paul isn't true, that's it, yeah? There isn't an opposite to this adventure. As soon as you find that you're not that, that's that. It's not like, you're not that, now let's turn to the real business of finding out who we are. There's no real business about finding out who you are. Actually, there is. You'll find out who you are, living, you know what I mean? But the idea of going on another journey, now that I'm done with, I know I'm not that, now what am I? There's no secondary journey. Once the first journey's cut, that's the end of all journeys. You realize you are what you're looking for. Yeah. How can that be? Well, find out. It can't be in the way your head's structured because you have too many opinions of you. I can't be that. Look at what I've done in this life. I've hurt people. I did this. That would never do that. Who the fuck knows what that would do? But we have a lot of ideas, and in recovery they talk about it as playing God. We're playing God with God, really. Yeah. So we, we throw God into a position as an object to us to find out about, and instead of being God, we become a knower of God. And how has that worked out for many of us? Not that well. Yeah. But as Ramana says, to know God is to be God. There's, the knowing is cut out. Yeah, there, it doesn't transfer form or transfer into a knower of God. It's like immediate. It's out being God. All right. Now what? Find out. Find out what it's like. Yeah? You can't know it. You cannot know it. You can't study it. Yeah. You can only study what you're not. You can't study what you are. It's impossible. You can only study what you're not. You can be a teacher of what you're not. You can't be a teacher of what you are. There's nothing to teach about what you are. There's lots to teach about what you're not, and that is, and it all distills into one thing, you're not that. Once you get you're not that, that's that. It's like there's a great uh, Zen master from Japan, Dogen, he says, to study Buddhism is to study the self. To study the self is to forget the self. That's the end of the story. To study Buddhism, or to study whatever, yeah, non-duality, you could use anything up there, it's Judaism, is to study the self. When you study the self, that is to lead to forgetting the self. Why do you forget the self if you study the self? If you study the self, you see it's not you, and if it's not you, you're going to lose interest in it. Just like if someone's talking about someone else, and I'm hoping it's about me, and when I hear it's about someone else, what happens? I don't have to try to drag my attention away from that conversation. It goes immediately. It loses interest because it's not about me. Yeah? It's the same thing that happens up here. When you realize this station called K-Paul or K-Mark isn't about you, the volume just miraculously goes down. You're, you're not, you don't, you're not prone to buying, you know, it's product line. <laughs> you don't become, you don't subscribe to it anymore. You stop giving it donations of your attention and interest. <laughs> Things get shifted. And I'll tell you, the shift has been fucking pretty cool. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I swear, I mean, 
just to be in one day, let's call it Wednesday, just one day in your life, I mean really be in the day. Whatever was, great or bad or whatever, all the opinions, they're just fucking mental tinsel put on it. But whatever is going on, but to actually finally be in your life for freaking once, not a thinking about it, not an interpretation of it, not a conditional reflection of it, and then a, a mental projection of it, but actually being here now, you may find that that's more than enough, you know? It's like I was at a meeting last night, and young people were there, and they're going through the hell of, they've been separated from their uh, crush, their lover, and they want to party, and they want to get high. And you know, you can tell them, you know, in a few years, if you stay in this program, you're gonna, you'll never even think about alcohol or drugs anymore. <laughs> you'll see what a, what a ridiculous level of, of relief that was, with tons of consequences and everything else it brought about. Yeah? It'll be, it's just such a freedom. And then the, to be able to enjoy peace of mind, maybe not many people, it's not something that's talked about much, right? Do you see it in the news? Has everyone doing well with enjoying peace of mind today? How are you doing? You know, are you working hard to it? You know, there's no like big kudos for it. You don't get on, you know, celebrity now, whatever. Oh, there he is. There's a celebrity enjoying peace of mind. Look at how happy, traveling much lighter today. You know, not, not much value is put on it. But I'll tell you, as a living event, it's incredibly valuable. Now put down the rock, and because you don't even have the suspicion that it's you, you never, you don't need to pick it back up and then go over. Oh, let me see. There's got to be a jewel in here somewhere. There's got to, it's got to have some inherent value. Its value is to put down, you know. But if it's you, you know, the, the siren song will always catch your attention, and you'll go back into it. Seemingly, you can't, but you'll think you are. And here, as you think, so it is. This is the power of thought. If you believe you're something, you'll seem to take that to be the case. You know, even though the mind seems dull and stuff, you can't underestimate its power. It's got a lot of power. How can it not have a lot of power where it can make, it can produce a physiological and an emotional state right now by thinking about something that's not happening? That's pretty powerful, yeah? If you could sit here and totally dismiss what's happening here, just totally, you know, completely deny it, and get obsessed with a possibility that probably will never come to pass, and then produce an anxiety that is not being produced by anything that's going on here, except the thought system, that's a pretty powerful effect, isn't it? To be able to desensitize yourself to, to the, the sensing the presence of consciousness having a moment in this place through all these gates called the eyes, ears, and things, to not even seemingly be aware of that and to be up the ass of self in some mind scheme of there and then is a powerful instrument, don't you think? You're not going to be able to wield it. You're not going to be dominating it. You're not going to have a sovereignty over it because you're a product of it. The feeling of being you is made by that mental process. What's been made is never going to dominate the maker in a sense, yeah? You're not, the self is never going to be able to leave self. 
It can't leave the process that's making it because it's not so. Yeah? It's like if something is being screened on that, that wall, the projector, without the light, there's no, it won't appear. Yeah? No matter how long it, you think it's appeared, no matter how many times you thought about it as being so, no matter how many times the thought system thought about it in the past when it was so, and then speculated about it in the future where it's going to be so, with, without the light, it ain't so. Yeah? There would be no projector, there would be no appearance appearing, and therefore it had no existence. Self can't get out of self. The projector of self is a mental process. Yeah? The mental process has all of our attention because we think it's about us. Literally. Yeah? We think the thoughts are ours or they're about us. So there is a solution on a lot of levels. On the absolute level, I won't say absolute, but on one level, because there would be no problem solution there, but on one level, the solution is that there's no problem. Yeah. But as it, as it translates here, there can seem to be the problem, and yet there'll be more of an influence of the solution. Yes? It, can, it doesn't go from black to white, it can move through shades, where the transfer of leaving a failed system and relying on a workable system occurs, so it will seem like it's getting better. But it's sort of like, it's like the light, the sunlight of spirit shining into this room, it's dependent on the shade, you know, if the shade's completely pulled down, there's no light coming in. Then if the mental condition gets a little diminished, the shade goes up a little bit, more light comes in. If the mental condition gets a little more diminished, more light comes in, yeah? To me, the mental condition, the epitome of it, the axis of it, the center of it is self, the idea of being a self. That's why it's called self-centeredness. So the best thing, if you want relief from a system, question the center. If the self isn't you, your interest and attention will be unwed to that and it will enrich your life. It will move into this. It has never gone anywhere. It's just been going up the mental last year. But it will move into this experience and the same thing that was causing you to obsess at night and all this fucking thing will actually be enriching you. The same energy. Just put in a different vehicle. Just like faith. Everyone has tons of faith here. The only way you can have anxiety about what's not happening is you must have tons of faith in the thought system. That's the only thing that's bringing you next week. You're not smelling next week. You're not feeling next week. You're not tasting it. You're not touching it. You're not hearing it. You're just mentally seeing it. You just believe it's going to be so. Don't you? So all these incredible noble things that, or these virtues, virtues that you'd like to sort of acquire, some of them will just come naturally after some, this little. When the mental condition diminishes, you can't know what's going to happen, but you'll find out. Yeah, it'll translate into your living, and that's how that's that's the intimacy of it. You can't know it. You can't put it under glass. You can't neuter it. You can't think you got it, but you find out. It downloads. So the state of mind in Zen, they would call it a very high state of I don't know. In that state of I don't know, you're relegated and in a great way to finding out. And finding out is much more convincing than knowing. Yeah? 
when you find out something, it has a power to like like an unspoken yes, it, or that word convincing, to believe with certainty. To believe with certainty. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've been in AA for a while or not. There's a, a, a term a lot of people use in it, and it's called the pause, right? A pause. So there's a pause when agitated or in doubt. And basically, if, it's, if, 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 the, if the suggestion is to pause when agitated and or, and or in doubt, you might as well stay in the pause because the self thing is agitated and is in doubt constantly. So <laughs> the opposite of that would be a pause. And that's it. So let's say in the beginning, they come seemingly come infrequently, and then you realize, you know, there's these meetings they have that are like manipulated pauses. So you're on a train of self-will and you're, you know someone's fucking with you and you're thinking about how to get back and then you go into a meeting and I bet you you'll come out feeling better in an hour. And a lot of times the whole train will be derailed, you know? It's much easier to get off a train when it's not moving than when it's moving 30 miles per hour. So there's manipulated pauses. But then after a while, the mind starts entertaining the pause as its own nature. Yeah? Then it, the pause elongates. It starts having duration in this place called time. It's not like a, a like a uh, an intervention in this linear story, but it becomes the backdrop of the whole story. Yeah, that pause is the whole. That's a different beast. Then that's a different ball game. And now it's not so. It's not happenstance that brings back brings about its entrance. It's you realize you're always there. Yeah? It has a great soothing effect on you, emotionally, physically, your nervous system, uh, everything. Everything that, everything that you call that it's about you, everything about this experience can get soothed by this. Yeah? I don't think I had been content since I was about four or five, literally. I was constantly seeking for a long, long time. A lot of different avenues, drugs and then spirituality and drugs again and a lot of other things. And my mind seemed to be quite agitated, yeah? It couldn't calm down. Even when it had a sense of peace, it would be worrying about when it was going to lose it, so how much peace was there. And then, oh, just entertaining this possibility and doing what I do, I've reached, a, you know, I haven't reached, but there's a, a, a contentment in there that really soothed the whole beast, you know. I'm not really looking for much anymore. <laughs> I'm usually trying to avoid a lot, actually, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know, man. It's a simple invitation. You know, I don't know what your head will do. It's not a draft. It's not anything. There's no, there's no need to entertain it or not. You know, it's whatever you're doing is working. If it's really working, we'll probably lead you here anyway. Not meaning here, but to here. But, uh, if you put it in there, just maybe to begin with, just entertain other thoughts yours, you yeah? Just check them out. See, see the difference between a thought and a thought that's held as yours. 
Just see the difference between a word, let's say money, and then my money. See how much the my puts on it? Yeah? Family, my family. It changes the huge thing. The my is the act of being identified with, yeah? That's the bondage of self. What's the bondage of self? What could be light gets heavier. That's it. Yeah? The possibility of lightness is forgotten and becomes a probability of heaviness. That's what obsession with self is. Truly, yeah? The possibility of traveling lighter through this moment becomes very, very, actually almost never even entertained anymore. And the probability that it's always going to seemingly be heavy and maybe a little bit lighter here and there, but always back to heavy, becomes the dominant theme. That's the obsession itself. That's what it does, yeah? It adds weight to things. It adds weight to all your life, your speculations, your memories, your futures, your problems, your girlfriends, your sex, your money, your health. It just uses all those things that come up in a life here and adds weight to them. And after a while, if you're walking around with such a heavy bag, yet you can't entertain the possibility of getting it off because you take it to be you, yeah? What are you going to do? You're going to be looking for relief, yeah? And if you rely on the problem to give, to point you to the solution, that's going to be a huge problem. You're going to be seeking a lot. And you're probably not going to find, yeah? You'll find little glimpses, but you'll always put them down and go on the trail again, yeah? There'll be always another book or another this or another that. It's almost like a form of slavery. I found it helpful. I was in the AA way of life, you know. I'd done a lot of other things, but I, they were always based on AA. AA was, AA was my basis because AA actually worked, yeah? Spirituality, as I knew before, didn't take me out of hell. But AA did. AA took me out of hell. I know where the bus stopped. I'd like to go back to people who seem to be in hell and tell them, hey, you can get the 33 right here. It'll take you, or the 12, let's say, the 12 step. It'll take you right out of hell if you want. If you want to go there, I think they have the right to hear that, yeah? But I've always had that. But this, entertaining this possibility, illuminated the program for me, totally. And the program's a pretty good carrier of light, but you're the provider of the light. The program isn't going to give you light. You're the light. Yeah? The program will diminish the mental condition to allow, you know, it's sort of like taking the basket off, off the light, off the lamp. But you're the lamp. Yeah? And this possibility that I'm not self really, really allows the light to be the light, in a way. Yeah? So it will illuminate whatever program you're in, in a sense. There's no path to find it, but it will illuminate every path that you may practice, like meditation and stuff like that. If you could question while you're meditating, who's the meditator, that would go a long way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it isn't forgetting self that you're reborn. Like St. Francis says, it's in self-forgetting that we're reborn. See, it's funny because 
this idea of self has to be remembered, so it's a beautiful statement. So just the opposite of remembering is to forget, yeah? So the self, the sense of self has to be remembered, so the forgetting of it is the seeming solution, yeah? Because it's being remembered. So if you're not remembering it, that's it. You forget it, and that's it. <laughs> what happens? Life goes on, but in a different way, maybe. But then joy is you'll find out. Because you can't say I was going to go, you know. I thought, you know, everyone's going to love to hear this message in AA. (laughs) It didn't turn out that way for me. (laughs) I was a circuit speaker when I was on the the basic platform. (laughs) As soon as I moved into this, people hear me and they go, I really like what you have to say. And I tell them, go to Zen Bitch Lab, the website, and I never see him again. <laughs> so, it was a terrible career choice. <laughs> it's funny. Oops, I better not say that. Even my friend says it. He says, oh yeah, Everyone really likes the way you say it in AA, but but <laughs> when they come to the meetings, <laughs> it's funny. What can you know? Everyone has their seat assignment, you know. So, any questions now? Well, just something occurred to me that this unconditioned mm-hmm. awareness of consciousness—it doesn't belong to any, you know. Any one of us, so we can share it logically, right? Well, it's nothing to be shared; it already is. So, yeah, yeah. you can recognize that. You can share the idea of that, but you're not going to share it. No. You know, it's like we're all immersed in the, like we're all fish and we're in the water, right? The fish to be the fishness is dependent on the water. Yes. Yet the water is probably going unnoticed for most of us. So we can share that understanding or the message, and then maybe the person will get an aha, and it's like the fish waking up that it's wet, you know? And so maybe its whole drive as a fish, like a spiritual fish, was to try to seek wetness, you know, the, the ultimate wetness or the divine transcendent wetness. But in fact, it's the dog shit wetness. <laughs> Every fish is wet. <laughs> It's much better that way. <laughs> you just get the dog shit awareness. It goes a lot farther. It does really. You know, it doesn't need to be dressed up. It's probably stuck on the bottom of your foot everywhere you go. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. That's why we have meetings like this. There's no, uh, well, you can go to other meetings and, uh, they can have sort of a, they can smack of some things, you know, like sometimes they'll have a picture of some old saints, but if the old saint ever showed up alive, he wouldn't recognize the person who's supposed to be representing his lineage. <laughs> they never even met the person. They just sort of liked the teaching, and now they're a student of this person, but the person never saw the guy or woman in his life, you know. <laughs> so, Paul, this seems like to be the most worthwhile thing that you know, one could imagine. Well, you'll get over that. But, <laughs> no, but see, the deal is, it's like, nobody wants it. <laughs> well, obviously not. See, it's not all nobody wants it. 
The problem is that there's somebody that wants it. <laughs> That's the real problem. <laughs> That's what you have to go through first. You gotta get it, you have to have that somebody wanting it and get so fucking frustrated that you finally, the mind puts that down. Yeah? That I'm gonna get it and then bingo, something can sort of become obvious. Yeah? So for a lot of us, the way a, a path works is that it, it disappoints you. It fails you. So you stop relying on that path and maybe something opens up, yeah? Yeah. That's how it, a lot of times it works, so... Yeah. I'm thinking of some people that I've brought to this over the years and they've just turned around and walked out in the last five minutes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I just, and there's a line in the big book about, you know, what will become, you know, become the whole of the donut. And it's like, well, yeah. Yeah. You know, somebody went up to strong docile like, I'm losing my mind, and he said, good. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I think that's the most threatening message to the self is mm-hmm. you're not that and just cease being that. I mean, it's a very threatening message to the ego itself. So it's not surprising. I see some of the strong reactions, you know, that I've seen from people I've, I've tried to turn on, turn on to this message. So. Yeah, those are totally valid too. Because it's, you know, for them to split. Like, you know, if you split something, you just split it. You think it just, you know, sometimes I say, fuck it, just put it. You know, like, you know, it's not working for you. I could say fuck it and split right now. Yeah. But I'll wait to get the money. Do you have a pain in your body? Yeah, I do. All right. I do have a pain. So is it okay like, to still like, want healing for that, or should I only... Of course it is. That's a natural response. Or should I only be thinking, like, I'm not the body, I'm not No, the no, body. no. <laughs> it's just like, if your house is on fire, get a pail of water. So if you have a headache, <laughs> take an aspirin, you know? Don't go crazy. The mind has wild ideas about everything, yeah? Yeah. So, But that's just my suggestion. If you want to sit there... And if you has the pain, go ahead. But I probably just want relief. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, like, I mean, with that though, it's like, I mean, med- like meditation. You know, it's it's kind of suggested to be able to, you know, experience anything and then let it pass. So it's like, if you have like a pain or something, you meditate while having it, and eventually it'll go away, depending on what the pain is. But and you allow that. It's like it's kind of like a painful thought, or it's kind of like just showing like. The, um, uh, the, I guess, temporariness of everything, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Obviously, it's like a chronic pain that's different, but it's like a, just like a thought, you know, then it'll go away and it'll be replaced by other thoughts. Yeah. Well, there's also the, the, the concept of the, the middle path, right? Yes. In Buddhism. Yeah. The, you know, the, the, the one extreme. You know, like you said, with the meditation, make it as painful as possible, and if you can still meditate, then, you know, you somehow transcend the pain. But the middle path is, you don't need to be there in the first place. I'll give you one example. This is just to throw out there. A lot of people heard this before, but it's a good way of demonstrating something. So I was... um, I was new in recovery, and I heard this lady, I... 
knew said she heard there was going to be this big sweat, you know, a Native American Indian sweat up in Mount Shasta. And there was going to be like 300 people there. It was a big event, and they had a real Indian from somewhere coming. And so I decided to go up there. It was a weekend. So we drove up there. And I'd never been to a sweat before, and I never knew any of these people except for this lady. So that, and it was a beautiful place. Mount Shasta is unbelievable. So they set the, they build the thing. It's this huge thing with these flaps, and then, uh, everyone gets in there, and they have a big pit with rocks, and the rocks have been on a fire, and it's super hot, and they get these spite, these, these herbs and water, and they just keep throwing the rocks. It produces like a massive amount of heat, you know? So everyone gets in there, and we're, and there was like standing room only, you know, you get a bare edge. So I was holding up like a subway on the rafters, and there was a number of other people. Then the flap goes down, and it's pitch black. And I try to sit down, but someone was underneath me. So I ended up, and you know, heat rises. <laughs> so I was standing like this, and it's getting hot, you know, going okay, and then it's getting really hot, and I, get, and I got burnt. My inside of my nostrils and my ear and my underarms, right? And I was like excruciating pain. And then the flap opened and I just get out of the stairs and I jump into a stream and it's a huge rush, you know, cold water. And then you go back in. And I did this the whole weekend, yeah? Now, all right, now after that, a couple of years later, you know, I heard this message, whatever, and then I was, uh, one of my friends was, they were setting up a sweat in Petaluma. And it was all American guys, you know, but they got this Indian from Oklahoma. There's like 12 guys, and they built the little thing, and they had all the food out and crystal geyser water and stuff in this thing. Beautiful night. So we go into the tent. He wanted me to support him, you know. I had no interest, you know. I wasn't thinking about anything. So I go into the tent, and then the guys thought they'd have the pit, and it starts getting hot, and I go, it's hot. I get right up and leave. Yeah? <laughs> 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 I get outside, the food's there, I'm drinking the crystal geyser, and I'm hearing them praying and yelling and moaning and stuff. What changed in those years? The first time in Shasta, I stayed in a very uncomfortable situation. I thought extremely. And yet, nothing happened after a few years. I just entertained a possibility, and it was just red, she's red. It's hot, I got up and left. Yeah? To me, that's awakening. Now, you can sit and meditate, who cares if you do that or not, really, in a sense. There's something beyond awakening or, or meditating or prior to meditating that can really, it can be, it can, it's always available at all times, so it can be available while you're meditating, but you're not going to meditate on it. Yeah? It's meditating you, in a sense. Yeah? Or, you can be aware of it so that if you're meditating a quote or not, you're in contact with it. Yeah? You're not in contact with it. You are that. And therefore, when you are that, a lot of the, the means to get to it or go near it become pointless in a sense. Yeah, They would actually be detrimental in a way. And for me, it's more like a relaxed awareness. It's not concentrating or getting one-pointed. It's more diffuse. It's like a sense of a presence. It's not like seeing an object called the truth. It's a sense of a presence. So the mind isn't about getting vigilant or getting one-pointed. It's about letting that, the, the lens opens up. Yeah? And in the sense of the big spaciousness, there's a presence of that space. That space and there's a sense that's, that becomes quite intimate. And you travel as that. <coughs> yeah? 
And I'm drawn, I do other things. Sometimes I meditate, sometimes I don't. But I don't try to have, um, well, once the meditation's done, it's forgotten. There's no, there's no remembering that I'm a meditator or anything. No, that's, it's just, uh, it's just a living event. And it's gonna come to an end, and when it does, it'll be like, as if it never fucking happened, really. So. There's no point where I can become an observer of it. I'm too in it. <laughs> it's like pointless to think I'm observing it. How could running water be observing running water and getting any idea of what's going on? You know what I mean? It's like one train moving, looking at another train moving, trying to figure out why they're both still. You know? <laughs> it's just crazy. So, But meditate is great. Whatever. Whatever sort of allows the mental condition to diminish... It's going to be beneficial because there will seem to be more light available. Yeah? And, but there is a point that many tools, if they're really good tools, their main point is to be put down sooner or later. Yeah? They do their function, and when their function is over, if you keep using them, it becomes detrimental. You put it down. And so that the condition that you are in isn't contrived or manipulated or seemingly produced or achieved or maintained. It's like a free-range type condition. And that's true faith in mind. Where, where there's no need to try to saddle it or keep it going in one way. That you have so total faith in it, you're a free person. Inherently free during in your day. It's like I'm, not, like I'm trying to rush home to do breathing exercises, you know? Wherever I am, that's where it is. To me, it's totally, it's so pragmatic and so applicable because nothing is the gift that keeps on giving, really. This, you know, and the head just wants to make it something. It wants to make it something that has to be approached, has to be practiced. It wants to make it fucking something. And you know what? I don't care how much you put mental adornments on it, the only picture that's truly the original face is of no face. Yeah. All this is just ornaments. Just, they just drop off in time. But it's like raw mind. You know? If I had anything to do with it, it would be infrequent. I'd be playing God with it. Yes. Somehow I have the ultimate say. So if, if I need, let's say, meditation to seemingly go there... That's still a sense of dependency. I don't want to have to do anything to be what I am. It just it seems redundant. It seems like crazy. How can I how can I more be what I am? Yeah? I feel if I leave it alone, that's the best approach. Yeah? It may grow and it may not look like it's growing up the wall like I, you know you plant you place the plant and you want it to cover a certain thing. It may go on the, it may go a totally different way, but it's all fine, you know. Yeah, it's working. So, all right. Let's. Any more questions? No.